Hello, dreamers, and welcome back to the Bringing It Home Show. Social media coordinator Tucker LaBelle, alongside director of operations Roman Weinberg, back in the studio bringing you guys more podcast content about baseball, Field of Dreams, and this time a little bit of cornhole, Roman. Yeah, excited. Dreamers, welcome back uh, from a little bit of a respite for us. We weren't on last week, but we're back bigger and better than ever here this week. It's Friday, April 29th, the day that this is airing here, and we're excited to talk baseball and cornhole. So our special guests are a couple of guys from the American Cornhole Organization, uh, Frank Gears and Mike Walter, and we'll get to them here in a couple of minutes. But first off, it's exciting with the Field of Dreams, a couple of weeks away from Memorial Day weekend and the start of our youth baseball tournament season. We have 70 teams from several different states coming out to small-town Dyersville, Iowa to immerse themselves in the Field of Dreams and the wonderful game, the romantic game that is baseball. Yeah, Roman, this is the this is the true kickoff to the season kind of for us. And it's the the natural kickoff point for what is going to be a huge summer in Dyersville, Iowa. The buzz around town is that baseball is back in Dyersville, a big game coming up in August. But before that, we start with our favorite youth tournament baseball in Dyersville, um, which is awesome because we get to connect with families from all across the country, all across the world in some some cases with players joining teams. Um, and, and this is really great for us because, again, we're connecting with a new audience. We're connecting with a young audience. For us to keep this message and this dream alive, it has to get younger and younger. And, and to see these kids grow up coming back to the field each year, it starts with a tournament just like that's coming up here in a few weeks. Um, it's beyond exciting, guys. We, we can't tell you how much we've looked forward to this, how much we've planned for this. Um, this is a full you know, a full year and especially a full winter in planning. Um, we've been in, in hibernation, you could say, uh, and soon we'll see the corn begin to grow. Uh, tournament baseball on the field will officially be back. And, guys, it's just like the buzz of baseball in Dyersville returns so quickly. We can almost smell the hot dogs and, and really enjoy that, that humidity that comes out there uh, on a warm summer day in Dyersville, guys. We are we are ever so close. Yeah, counting down the weeks uh, to baseball fun. And you said it, the Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds will be here at the Field of Dreams movie site to face off on Thursday, August 11th. Definitely want to have that marked down on your calendar to either get out here in person. There's going to be a lot of festivities around a great festival in the Dyersville, Dyersville and Dubuque areas in the downtown's uh, respectively for this amazing event. Uh, there's going to be autograph sessions, a kid's zone, a lot of other fun things to be unveiled in the weeks to come on the Beyond the Game Festival. So learn more about that. There is a website as well for that. Uh, but also, in terms of that, there's a minor league baseball game that will be held at the Field of Dreams movie site for the first time at our site on that Tuesday, August 9th, between the High A affiliate quad cities river bandits and the cedar rapids colonels the high a affiliate as well of the twins and they'll have uh, a special setting to to play this game uh, at the major league baseball field and the cool thing 
I love about this, absolutely love, is Major League Baseball is doing a throwback game here as well with vintage unis, but also vintage mascots and vintage names. So they're going back, these teams, back to their original form and their original name. So the 1919 and 1920 era of baseball, uh, the Quad Cities uh, River Bandits were known as the Davenport Blue Sox, and that is the team that will be taking the field that evening, as well as the, not the Cedar Rapids Colonels, but the Cedar Rapids Bunnies. Which, guys, if, if you don't know, that's a, that's a very honest and accurate name, as anywhere you look at night across Iowa, uh, rabbits or bunnies come out as soon as dark. Everywhere. So, I, I think this one's even more fun. You know, obviously, the Blue Sox is a great name. It's an old-school baseball name. Mm-hmm. But even more so, the Bunnies. That's exciting. I'm, I'm loving it. I can't wait to see these unis. Uh, I haven't seen them unveiled yet. but Roman, will we walk away with a uniform? Who knows? Maybe Roman will be wearing a full uniform. Probably not, but... We're in podcast world, so anything's possible. Hey, I, I, if they asked me to be the mascot for one of those teams that night, I would do it. I mean, how often can you say I was a bunny at the Field of Dreams? Oh, we're, we're, we're putting Roman in a bunny costume. <laughs> this is even better, guys. Uh, here we are. I need to know when to stop. <laughs> there it is. So you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Roman's going to be a bunny. No. So, but it's fun. and Just hopping along. <laughs> that was funny. Good, good one. He'll be here seven days a week. Tip the waitress, guys. All right. So, um, but in terms of you know just the the beauty of the sport and the entertainment aspect of the game, the Cedar Rapids Colonels and minor league baseball teams across the country do a wonderful job at making it fun and affordable for the entire family. So it'll be fun to take that environment to a tourist attraction which is a vacation destination and fun in its own right for thousands across the world on an annual basis. And to have that here submersed in the field of dreams in the middle of Dyersville, uh, it's unreal, and I think it's a vibe that's going to be unmatched for either one of these teams and very unique. So excited to share it with these two teams with long tenures in the state of Iowa. Uh, they've been through a lot. They're great organizations in their own right, and uh, this is just a unique way to uh, have another special event there on that field the week of the game. Yeah, Roman, it's it's a it's a beyond exciting you know thought for us to know that there's going to be two major baseball games in the matter of, of days um, at our, our beautiful little field here in Dyersville. Um, it's it's I think it's even more special as you said to have minor leaguers out there. Uh, it'll be big for those guys, you know, stepping on the national stage. I'm sure a lot of these guys have, have played on the, the Field of Dreams map on uh, MLB The Show. You know, it's uh, it's going to be fun for these guys as much as it is for everyone else. As that, you know, a lot of these guys got to see uh, the Yankees and, and White Sox takes the field last year. So for the minor leaguers, it'll be great. For the fans, it'll be great. For the families especially, I think this minor league game will be phenomenal. Um, it's a way to experience the, you know, MLB stadium on site in a totally different way and a great way to even build up more anticipation for the major league game just following several days later not to mention it keeps baseball festivities in dyersville even longer this summer which means that you have to come out guys Um, this is going to be a matter of days that you're not going to want to miss a historic matter of days we should say as well 
um, with a, a return of an MLB game and the first minor league game on the Field of Dreams. So that's a, a very, very, very exciting thing to think about, guys. I'm sure as we're talking about it, you're Googling images, you're looking at the sunset drone shots, you're anticipating this as much as we are. Exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting stuff, we have our social media sweepstakes. Today's the day. If you're listening on the day that this podcast is being released, Friday, April 29th, go ahead and stay glued to your screen on your smartphone or your computer, whatever screen you're looking at, uh, to see if you won. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and follow us on Facebook or on Instagram because this is your lucky day to win a pretty cool giveaway. I think my favorite giveaway yet uh, in terms of an item because there's a pretty cool experience we've done in the past uh, as a commemorative, uh, complimentary, uh, actually an honorary ghost player for one of the ghost player shows. So that's pretty cool. And But anyway, this is a 40 by 14 panoramic shot framed of the Major League Baseball Stadium, which was taken during the Major League Baseball game at the Field of Dreams movie site last August the 12th for the first ever regular season game. So this is definitely a memento, a commemorative item that you're going to want to get your hands on, and we ship it to you for free. All you need to do, follow us on Facebook to be eligible to win and enter that sweepstakes. Same thing on Instagram. A winner will be drawn in a separate sweepstakes for each respective social media channel. So good luck, dreamers. And later this evening here on Friday the 29th, the winner's going to be selected. We'll get a graphic out here today and uh, excited to share that with you and for you to take part of the magic home in the field of dreams and and put it up on your wall, office, wherever you want to put it, uh, whether it's at home in your man cave or uh, in your office. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-of-a-kind giveaway sweepstakes that you're, you're not going to find anywhere else I can uh, – I can almost guarantee that uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be something you want to be a part of. So make sure you're checking back to see if you won. And like Roman said, guys, stay tuned to our social channels moving forward. Uh, we are always looking to reward you guys and and give back for your your active followership of our pages and also reward you for for keeping this dream alive 33 years later. Um, it's something incredible. So you guys, you deserve the world, and, and this is our, our chance to give you just a little bit. We wish you we could give you the world, but I promise this is just something to pay back uh, the way we feel for you guys. It's kind of sunk in, 33 years. The power of a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Never underestimate the power of a dream. So without further ado, let's bring in Frank Gears and Mike Walter with the American Cornhole Organization to talk about our exciting cornhole tournament that we'll be holding at the Field of Dreams movie site Friday, August 26th through Sunday, August 28th, hot off the heels of this Major League Baseball game where the Cubs and Reds face off. This is a first for us, the first ever cornhole tournament. It's exciting stuff, and uh, we're just having a ball planning this and and marketing this. So uh, this is the first. We're really officially talking about it at length here. So enjoy our interview with Frank Gears and Mike Walter. All right, Dreamers, we are here with two special guests on the Bringing It Home show, two corny guys from Ohio who love and breathe this tailgating classic game of cornhole they are with the american cornhole organization in the middle of their 17th season and this is the governing body the official governing body of the sport of cornhole worldwide 
and basically are the pioneer in professional cornhole. So we have with us the president, the head of the American Cornhole Organization, Frank Gears, otherwise known as the Cornhole Dude, and Mike Finn Walter as well, uh, one of the creative masterminds on their team. Both great guys, met them both in person and virtually. I've known them now for, gosh, a year and a half, about two years. Gentlemen, welcome to the Bringing It Home show. How's it going, my friends? Roman, thanks for uh, having us on the show. It's all good. In fact, uh, from now on, if you wouldn't mind going everywhere I go and just introducing me as a mastermind, I would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if you it. pay me the right amount, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great to be here, man. Fantastic. So, guys, obviously, this is the Field of Dreams related show, and we'll talk about Field of Dreams here later, but let's talk about your sport and baseball and cornhole, very similar, right? Very family centric, a, a social game. And this is basically the pastime for the both of you. And it's a classic tailgating game. And, you know, for, for you guys though, how did you get exposed to and introduced to the game of cornhole and Frank, first off, you know, I'll, we'll start with you and you tell your story, Finn, you can go from there. Uh, for those listening as well, Mike, his nickname is Finn. So um, just so you know, and you don't get confused when I call him Finn. Uh, but how did you get involved with the sport? Where, how did you fall in love with it? And why are you the cornhole dude, Frank? Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, story behind this. I'm looking forward to giving you some of it. Uh, I can't give it at all or it'd be a few hours at least. Um, <laughs> but I'll give you the, the recap the best I can here. You know, I, I've grown up in marketing, uh, sales, uh, my dad's company uh, for years. I worked for him when I was a kid, you know, even after graduating from college. Um, then I moved on uh, probably 15 years after I was in business with my father, I finally broke away from the family business and started my own promotional marketing company. And, you know, a, a company was called Harris Hawk. Well, while I was at Harris Hawk, I was always looking for creative ways to promote and market businesses. You know, uh, I didn't want to be just, you know, another advertising agency or another promotional product agency was always trying to look outside the box. And just so happened, I came across this game that I saw at a football game here in town, watching the Cincinnati Bengals probably, probably get whopped by the Steelers. Uh, I hate to say that, but it probably was happening at the time. Uh, no longer is that going to be the case. I'm proud yeah. to say Cincinnati. <laughs> <here today>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but I saw this game and it was great because people were having fun. You know, it was these, two boards that were uh, platforms that were waiting to be decorated with a logo and promoting a, uh, a business or a company. And you have these bags that could be decorated as well. And I just, I just saw something there. So I got involved with cornhole originally with the concept that, Hey, this is a uh, billboard waiting to happen. This is perfect for clients of mine. I could see Coca-Cola buying, you know, a million of these things from me someday. Uh, so I, I entered the world of cornhole literally with the idea of being a products company. And, you know, I got started with it, uh, trying to mastermind the best board, you know, on the planet. 
So I went uh, hawking uh, the concept to local furniture making companies in Cincinnati. I hit up about eight different places that manufacture uh, furniture in this town. And I eventually contracted with one of them to, you know, build the boards the way I wanted them built. It took a few go arounds. I had a designer um, on the team at the time. Uh, Greg Fahrenbach, Joel Warnicke uh, were part of the, the team at the time, uh, along with Frank Batchy. And, but uh, Greg Fahrenbach, um, who is a designer by trade, you know, helped me work with uh, designing the board the way we wanted the boards, you know, uh, designed at the professional, the professional level. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, once we built that board, it was about perfect. And a buddy of mine by the name of Tom Brennan had a company called School Outfitters. Well, School Outfitters uh, had a furniture manufacturing company uh, up north that he was able to hook me up with. So the next step was the, the furniture company in Cincinnati could not manufacture the, uh, the boards and the masses that I wanted to get these things manufactured. So partnered with this new furniture company. They took the board design that I had and they did some additional tweaks to it um, and perfected what became the ACO tournament series boards. Those boards um, are really part of uh, part of history forever. Uh, they're still manufactured. We still sell them. Uh, they're very pricey these days, uh, just with the price of wood and stuff like that. But yeah. we build our organization around, you know, this quality, you know, game product. So that being said, I get this game product out there, top of the line boards. Nobody thought I would sell them because at the time, you know, I'm selling this $300 board. Um, and everybody else is saying, well, I can build boards in my garage for, for $50. And, and they can. They're not kidding. That's what makes Cornhole so cool is because it is so accessible. And you can build your own bags, build your own boards. Uh, but I built these professional boards knowing that there was a market for people that wanted high-end quality sport good. And uh, that's where we started. Well, next thing you know, I get a call from a buddy of mine. Um we had started to tinker in the concept of uh, I saw these people playing this game, taking it passionately. Nobody was out there embracing the idea that this backyard sport, or this backyard game could become a sport. So I started thinking to myself, well, why can't we create a, a ranking system? Why can't we create a membership based uh, program, you know, set the, the, the rules and regulations behind this thing? So that's what we did. We, we started focusing and, and steering and changing our path from being a products-driven company uh, to being this um, company that was focused on taking this backyard game and making it into a sport. The next thing you know, I uh, end up somehow hooking up with a buddy of mine, Tom Stauberg, ended up calling me from his, his car and said, hey, I heard that Carson Palmer is uh, getting rid of his golf outing, which was a charity that he did. He's running a cornhole charity tournament for the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, I ended up wow. reaching out to uh, the agency there. And next thing you know, we're doing a, an event with the Cincinnati Bengals, the first big charity event here in Cincinnati and around the world of cornhole was with Carson Palmer. And it was a huge event down on the practice yeah. fields. Uh, they raised hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for their cause. And, um, you know, that's kind of where, from there was my launching pad to really taking this thing uh, to the next level, you know, creating that pro tour, uh, uh, you know, uh, creating the best equipment. We all of a sudden created a bag that was a two-sided bag to bring some 
additional dynamics to the game and strategy to the game where you have a side that was slick and a side that was stick. And in the beginning, we were uh, building the bags out of corn. Uh, one of our big clients early on was, you know, Carnival Cruise, where we're putting, you know, uh, ACO boards on boats. We're putting ACO uh, bags on boats. You know, I got a call from, you know, Carnival Cruise and they, they didn't like it because the corn bags were, you know, getting um, bugs in them and mildew and, and such. So they sure. wanted us to come up with a, a better product, Roman. And we ended up uh, developing the concept of putting a plastic pellet uh, into these bags uh, to prevent them from uh, mildewing. I mean, corn, as you know it, with the Field of Dreams and the corn fields there, uh, corn breaks down. I mean, it's, you know, 90% of its water. Yep. So when you fill up a, a bag with corn, uh, eventually it'll, you know, powderize, uh, getting beat on that board, you know, day in and day out. Uh, and eventually you'll have bags that will weigh different as well, you know, where one right. will be heavier than the next. So when we were looking at, you know, the, the sport, the concept of putting the, the resin pellets in the bags only made sense. It only made sense because now you have um, these bags that will be consistent. They'll consistently weigh, you know, the one pound that they're supposed to weigh. Um, so, um, so now that was kind of the, the, the start of the, the pro tour. Then we started getting into the concept of another thing that I invented was the idea of playing it singles. You know, somebody would eventually have come up with it, but you know, I was the first person that said, Hey, why can't you play this game as, you know, singles against each other and just walk back and forth. You know, everybody was always playing it as doubles and nobody ever right. thought of it as a singles game. And, you know, everybody, in professional sports, I mean, obviously, you know, baseball is a, is a team driven sport, but when you think of like golf and tennis and, and sports along those lines, you're always curious of who the best player on the planet is, not necessarily who the best doubles team is on the planet. I mean, granted, uh, you know, there are doubles tournaments and all those things that I mentioned there, but once again, people are interested in knowing who the best player on the planet is in all of those sports. And they, they know the singles players better than they are aware of the doubles players just because of that. They, they, they want to know those, those best individual players, you know, on the planet. So, um, yeah, developing the pro tour, uh, that was kind of exciting uh, for us. And we did that, you know, 17 seasons ago, as you said, we are in our 17th season now and, uh, it just continues to go on from here. So very, very excited about the future. Uh, our future gets, brighter and brighter with the, the partnerships that we have uh, built into the equation with people like you and like the field of dreams and like this event that we have this go the distance festival. That's going to be this annual festival out there, um, you know, in August every year. So I'm uh, sorry, I kind of rambled on and on and on there, but uh, hopefully that was some uh, good information to at least share with your audience. No, Frank, that was gold, man. I, the evolution of cornhole <laughs> we went through the whole evolution of cornhole in, in about 10 minutes. So that was Frank, that was awesome. And I have to applaud you, you know, and the thing I love about your story, but also your organization and your entire team is it is so similar to our story as a movie site is you followed that voice just like Ray did in the movie. So there are ties to the film right there, but also your innovation similar to our organization is we're a 33 year old movie site this year. We actually just celebrated our 33, our 33rd anniversary here on April 21st uh, when it premiered that day in 1989. But 
you being able to innovate and create and bring a refreshing new spin on a classic tailgating game that has a huge history is exactly how we've been able to keep our site alive and share the magic of the site in the movie in new creative ways through home tours, overnight stays, virtual tours inside the house during the pandemic, staying and renting out the field and just these unique things. And, and you're doing that and, and social media as well. And you guys are piggybacking off of that. So I have to admire you. I do admire you and your entire team for what you do. And that's why it, it makes so much sense for us to partner together and why we're excited. We'll, we'll talk about that later dreamers, but uh, Finn, let's head over to you, buddy. And why don't you tell us how you got started with, with cornhole, how you were introduced to the game, but also how you met Frank and how you got roped into the ACO. <laughs> sorry, Finn. I'm sorry. I did rope you in here, buddy. <laughs> oh. That's all right. I had a chance to drive to Michigan and pick something else up and then get back to Cincinnati during that. So it's perfect. Um, <laughs> No, it's funny because I um, have I was born in Louisville, but have worked in Cincinnati and lived in Cincinnati for more years than I lived in Louisville. So this is sort of my de facto hometown. And obviously there's a huge uh, baseball history here in Cincinnati with the Reds, which we'll tie back in here in a moment. But I worked with a couple different radio stations. The most recent one was 96 Rock. And somebody locally who I worked with in the film commission or somewhere said, hey, there's this cornhole movie that's out that was based here and shot here. Would you guys like to have these guys on your morning show? And I was doing mornings at 96 Rock Cincinnati. I said, yeah, why not? Absolutely. So Frank rolls in with a handful of others. They've got this DVD movie, uh, Cornhole the Movie. And we're just laughing and having a good time. And I, I look at him and I'm looking at the logo on his shirt. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen that logo. I, I said, are you the guy that runs the store down the street in Milford, Milford, Ohio? He goes, yeah. I said, oh my God, I live in Milford. I can walk to your store in like eight minutes. And most people could do it in five, but I could be there in eight. And I was laughing. I'm like, I had no idea. So he had a retail store and all this other stuff. So I went down there one day and further just, you know, talked to him about the whole thing. I had never played cornhole ever, but we struck up a friendship before anything else. And we started talking about, I went out to a major tournament. I think Miami Valley gaming was the first one I ever went to and met so many good people. And I realized that, you know what, if this is a game that you can play with a bag in one hand and a cold beer in the other hand, I could certainly talk about it with a cold beer in each hand and never actually play <laughs> so that's kind of what happened and i started working with him announcing some tournaments and uh, we did we started a podcast which the taco t-a-c-o talking a-c-o is the oldest cornhole podcast in existence and so we started doing it and it was just <laughs> fun so i started going to different uh, tournaments and different things like that i still am not a great player but i do have a uh, a passion to get better at it. And so we just became friends and I got involved in the organization while I was doing other things. And it's just become so much fun. And I've, I've since left radio and live music and all these other things and dedicated myself to this and, and, you know, a couple of other projects that just are near and dear to my heart. And, you know, you talk about heart and, and Frank, he, he can tell you all the facts and figures and statistics and everything you want to hear, 
but it's his heart that has built this entire organization because, and we may discuss later, the idea of the ACO family. This is a family organization. It has families within family and everyone is here to play with each other, not against each other, even though they do compete. And everybody that has ever met Frank, anybody you've ever seen play cornhole, no matter where you've seen it, they have gotten to where they are because of Frank Gears. And everybody that has met him is a better person for having known him. And I say that to anybody that listens. I told his parents that. And they said, who are you? And I said, well, it doesn't matter. But I, uh, I, it, was, it was funny <laughs> because it's just, it's just one of those things where it's just, it, 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 it hit me right in the heart, right in the center of where I live and where I want to be. So the ability to travel, the ability to come out and spend time with you guys, at the Field of Dreams movie site, you know, and when I'm out there, I'm thinking, because I know you guys have been talking about this for years, there's no more natural place for this to take place than the Field of Dreams movie site with the corn and the whole thing. It's so it's such a natural. So I have been uh, honored and proud to be the voice of the ACO. Um, I, I would say if Frank is the Abner Doubleday of Cornhole, I hope to be the Marty Brenneman of Cornhole. So um, and I, and I, and I say that on every level. And if you look up Abner Doubleday's history, you'll see exactly what I mean, oh, yeah. but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a big honor for me to be involved with such good people. And that's all I want to do. I want to be involved with good people and, you know, having met you and come out to the site and getting to do all these different things that we've gotten to do as we work our way toward you in the end of August, it's just, it's just great fun. And the, the, the thing that I love about it, too, is you'll see people playing at a tailgate and then you'll see people playing lights out on our stream broadcasts. But everybody in between is welcome and it doesn't matter your skill level. You are welcome into the game. And that's what's so great about. And I know we're going to get to this. What we're doing with the Go the Distance Festival is we get to come out. We get to go old school for a couple of days. The bags that we're making filled with Field of Dreams corn. You know, you heard mm -hmm. uh, Frank talking about corn breaks down it gets powdery all these different things but you know what we played with some of those corn bags this past weekend in cedar rapids and we had a blast i actually like playing with those bags because they suited my lack of game better <laughs> than a resin filled bag because i that's the old school bag i was used to feeling and i think this is going to be such a fun old school tournament a throwback vibe and it's exactly in line with like you were saying with what Field of Dreams and the movie site is and is going to be. Dream Nation, are you looking for your next wood bat to take to the field and play ball with? Devo Bat Company is a Pacific Northwest boutique wood bat company based in Kennewick, Washington, and a proud sponsor of the Field of Dreams movie site and the Bringing It Home show. Devo Bat Company strives to provide the highest quality wood bats to all age levels, turned from the best hand-split wood on the market while providing dynamite customer service and attention to detail. They turn bats for varying skill levels, ranging from the little leaguers just starting out all the way to the pros. They are devoted to baseball, working hard, sweating, and leaving it all out on the field. They're devoted to quality, excellence, details, craftsmanship, and doing it the right way. You have to visit their website, guys, if you haven't yet www.devobats.com that's d-e-v-o bats.com and you can find them on facebook instagram and twitter 
They've got a lot of exciting things coming up, so please go ahead, give them a follow on social media, visit their website, and if you're still not convinced, go ahead, check out their website and use the promo code here for the month of April for 10% off your next order, FOD22. That's lowercase f, lowercase o, lowercase d, 22. FOD22 for 10% off your next order the month of April on DevoBats' website. So go ahead, please go ahead and do that. We'll share the link here uh, in the description of this podcast and on our social media pages so you can follow this link and go ahead and take advantage of that discount. That's it, guys. It's bringing it back to its roots. And I, I think the beauty of it too is that you get the same feeling and the same end result from both playing cornhole and also going to the movie site and playing and just experiencing it because no matter what mood you're in after playing cornhole for a little bit, a smile will slowly grow on your face. And it's the same way when you cross that bridge onto our movie site. And I'm excited to take in this game back to its roots. You said uh, our corn beyond the outfield of the field of dreams is is in these bags we're so excited to collaborate with you guys on that and the designs dream nation on these bags going to be phenomenal we're going to have field of dreams themed uh boards as well but before we get too much into that we talk about the the history of the game frank finn for those you know tucker go ahead and take it yeah guys tucker here uh you know really it's for those who are not familiar with cornhole or I guess as they call it here in, in bags, they call it bags as I was rudely awakened to. Um, it's it's an awesome game. You know, growing up in Ohio, I'm familiar with it. But for those who are not familiar with cornhole, how do you explain it to them? And even, even better yet, I guess I can direct this to Finn. How do you get somebody hooked on cornhole and just talking to them to a few minutes about what it is? Because if you can, you know, trap somebody in the game that quickly, how do you say it? How do you explain it? And, and what's the catch? Well, honestly, and, and Frank alluded to it in his uh, story about the evolution. He saw it being played at a tailgate at a Bengals game. The, here's, you know how you get people into it? You have them throw one bag because once they've thrown one bag, if it goes in the hole, they're hooked. If it goes off the board, guess what? They're hooked because they want it in the hole the next time they throw it. It takes one bag to get you hooked on this game and you know the bad the the boards being 27 feet apart nose to nose all of these different things the official rules the sanctioning all of it is all aco from 2005 and so all of those official rules all those different things are there if you want to set up a tournament and that sort of thing but you've seen it at tailgates you've probably gripped a bag and thrown it maybe even overhand but there are ways when you watch these even seven, eight, nine-year-old kids that throw this flat bag and they're, or, or a 75-year-old woman who throws a perfectly flat bag that are able to nail this game and whip you into pieces out on the tailgate. Once you do that, once you get into that competitive nature, you're in, you're hooked. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, the cornhole community is some of the most competitive, holds some of the most competitive people I've ever met. I always joke. I said two things. Cornhole players will have elevator races at the hotel if they can. They're that competitive. (laughs) And the two things that they do, they play cornhole. And when they're not playing cornhole, they're looking for a place to play cornhole. That's what they do. And you get hooked in it 
because it is so it's so much fun. And I would say this, and Frank can probably uh, you know expound upon this, but you know we we're getting ready to be involved in the national senior games as well. And we have competitors that are signed up in their nineties. This is a great wow. sport for juniors to get involved in because they can only play for about I don't know eighty years. And we have and seniors because it's good flexibility, it's good exercise, the walking back and forth, the stretching, the strength, the stamina that it takes. So it can develop into all of that. It's a great opportunity just to get outside and honestly a chance to, and, and then one of the things that we do too with blind draw tournaments and things where you get paired up with people you don't know, a great socialization tool. And so there's nothing about it that isn't a thumbs up positive with regard to uh, you know what, social interaction and, and God knows we can use more of that, you know, less phones, more cornhole bags. No doubt. No doubt about that. And I tell you, Finn, you're talking about the senior games. I, I am really, really excited about that national seniors games going on down in uh, Fort Lauderdale this year. And um, yeah, like you said, we have uh, players starting from the age of 50 there which is sad to say I'm now a senior. So uh, excited that I can participate in this <laughs> national senior game, but no uh, players from 52. Uh, we have three of them that are over 95, uh, one female and two, uh, two gentlemen. And uh, I'll tell you what it, it is. It's cool because what another thing about this game is, you know, it's safe. And whether you're eight years old or 95 years old, uh, you can play this game, uh, and that's what's cool about it, man. It's a it's an every person's game, if there ever was an every person's game. And I've I've said this before, um, you know, 20 years ago when I basically picked up a bag for the first time for myself um, and started to believe that this game could be something so big on a worldwide scale. And uh, you know that dream still seems to be you know chasing that. Where I believe one day that that the game of cornhole. Um, will be, you know, the the world's most played game and the largest uh, sport uh, activity, you know, on the planet. And again, it's just because of you know what you were saying there, Finn, is it's um, a game that you pick up a, a bag, you miss the board, but you get excited to get a chance to throw at it again and go for that hole. And it's it's something that you can play on the beach, you can play it indoors, you're playing it outdoors. Um, yeah. You know, people are playing it these days in the snow. I mean, they're. They're going out and playing <laughs> a little snow hole out there. Um, no, so it is It is a great, great, great sport. And uh, we're excited to be bringing it uh, every year out there to um, you know, Dyersville. By the way, yes, if you don't mind, we'd like to copyright the term snow hole right now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> What's your royalty rate, guys? <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome you know and but the socialization of the sport right like like any sport out there it's the socialization and the globalization of the sport as well and you know i i've been playing that growing up as a kid my entire childhood in the backyard uh growing up in in dubuque iowa northeast corner of the state of iowa here in the tri-state area for those that aren't familiar with iowa um we would have my my parents would have this neighborhood bonfire every Friday night without fail during the entire summer. And what was played cornhole. And I get constantly hear that thud on the board. And even though I wasn't old enough yet, they would have a smaller court for those that were not of age to properly play it. And uh, I got, I thought I was pretty good. And then it was definitely a humbling experience when my wife and I went out and experienced one of your tournaments for the first time. 
to see those that live and die by, you know, the game and they just, they live and breathe it and play this literally every day um, and, and practice it and put so much time into it. But that's the cool thing is that you don't have to be a professional at it. You don't have to be good at it. You can make your own boards. And my dad and I did two years ago during the pandemic. Um, we went out and made our own set and I've got it in my garage. So Frank, I'd probably be a little embarrassed to show you, uh, with, with your, (laughs) with your boards, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just something that can really bind us together and, um, unite us. And I, I love the game and we're excited to have you out. Well, I, I got one real quick thing to say about boards, um, and, and bags and, and, you know, building your own in your garages and stuff like that is uh, early on, again, 15, 16 years ago, uh, in the very um, beginning of this, uh, I got a, I was all, always getting hit up by the military and people in the military, because that's a, that's a big part of this uh, sport, too, is, you know, men and women who serve this country are looking for ways to uh, be out there uh, protecting us, but they're also looking for ways to entertain themselves, you know, during the process uh, as well, when they have their downtime. Well, I get this picture from this group out in, um, uh, somewhere out there in the world. And they send me, uh, they're looking for some new bags. They're looking for somebody to give them bags. And I was going to, I went ahead and gave them some bags, but they, they sent me pictures of the type of bags that they were using. And they had taken a, uh, a flat board, uh, I guess with a coffee uh, pot or something like that, cut a hole in this board. They leaned the board up against a couple of uh, cinder blocks and they took their socks and put like rocks, you know, gravel and rocks and dirt in their socks, tied the ends off. And that was their bags that they were using to play this game. So, I mean, you, you talked about it, building a board with your dad in the garage. And I think that's my best board story. I think I have out there is that whole story about that military group uh, building their own set out of, uh, you know, socks and a, a piece of plywood leaning up against uh some uh, cinder blocks. So anyway, so sorry, cool. I, sorry, I digressed there on you, but that was a great story. I thought, no, but you know what, Frank, and, and to your point, think about that though. You know, how many of us have grabbed a, you know, there's stick ball, there's wiffle ball. I mean, any chance Roman, you, you guys, you and Tucker, you know, as well as we do the passion for baseball, any, any chance to hit any kind of a tennis ball with a broomstick, mm-hmm. any chance to get out in a field and do that and get out and play until the sun says you can't do it anymore because it's too dark. Or mom calls you for dinner. Other one. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's assuming you're anywhere near earshot, but right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, those, that's, that's the, the, you talk about the ties that bind and, and there is a, a, just a, a, a really great organic connection between these sports because you, you've got a ball of some sort. You've got a stick of some sort. You can play baseball anywhere you want. You've got what Frank was describing. You can play cornhole anywhere you want. I mean, there's, I've seen stories about, uh, you know, people that play cornhole, but the board wasn't even leaned up. It was laying flat. It was just, it was almost like bocce ball or something else. But the organic connection between these two sports, and it was funny because I, I mentioned this earlier. That I know you guys have been talking for years about getting this, put together, but there is no more innate, perfect location for a cornhole tournament than your spot, the Field of Dreams movie site. Nothing, there's no more perfect place on the planet Earth than that. 
No, I wholeheartedly agree with you. We are super stoked to to host this first ever cornhole tournament at the Field of Dreams. So without further ado, guys, let's just jump right in. Um, you know, we and we can kind of add this in as well and have this be kind of a two part question. So talk to us about the Go the Distance Festival, which is the first ever cornhole tournament that will be hosted at the Field of Dreams movie site Friday, August 26th through Sunday, August 28th, a three day doubles tournament. Go ahead and tell uh, the dreamers out there, uh, which is our followers, we refer to them affectionately as, tell them about the the festival, but also uh, about the, the Corny 40 and how the Corny 40 earn the right to compete in this tournament. Well, first thing is, I'm, uh, Roman, excited to bring the dreamers together with the whole heads. Uh, I think the whole heads and the dreamers <laughs> together in one place are going to have a rock in time, man. Uh, this festival, I think, is going to include um, a lot of uh, potential live music, uh, a lot of uh, ice-cold beverages uh, out there during the day. I think we've even got our friends from, um, you know, Hampton Farm Peanuts going to be, you know, there right. on the site with us. Uh, that's pretty cool. But the, the tournament itself, uh, the one thing that, that let the dreamers out there know is that they can sign up for this tournament. You do not have to be a member of the ACO to compete in this tournament. There are qualifier tournaments. As a matter of fact, there are four qualifier tournaments. There's two on Friday and two on Saturday for your chance to make it to the big show on Sunday where we will have 64 teams that will be battling for a $25,000 purse. So not only is it going to be incredible with the setting of this cornhole tournament, there's a lot of uh, big cash on the line. And, and you know, they, we're going to be – the majority of the tournament is going to be played outside. Uh, but we have a special place for center court, which is a place called In the Barn there on in campus. In the Barn. So, so, <laughs> so, so excited about In the Barn, man. And it is going to be a absolute unique experience for our top players who end up uh, potentially competing in that In the Barn. But, um, no, so you've got – the Corny 40, um, we as the ACO run a, a worldwide league that takes place from September uh, through to May is our points earning season where we run these things called majors. Uh, we also run what are called regionals. They're, they're both ways that players earn points in the chase to try to uh, make it to the world championships, which this year will be in Branson, Missouri, uh, the last week of July. Uh, the 25th through the 31st. But as they're chasing their points and the season comes to a close, we have what's called the Corny 40. The Corny 40 are the top 40 players in the ACO that season. Uh, it's a very, very big badge of honor. Uh, they earn and have the right to earn a jersey for being in that top 40. Uh, those players this year, have this special edition that has been added to the Corny 40, where not only are they going to get a yellow jersey, uh, which is symbolic of being in the ACO Corny 40, that yellow jersey will be branded with uh, our partners with you there at uh, the Field of Dreams. Uh, it also have the, the, the Go the Distance uh, logo on it, and it's going to be a super special jersey for these players. Those top 40 players also have earned a package that includes uh, you know, a one night stay for each of those players, you know, at the Field of Dreams to come out and compete on Saturday, uh, Roman and Tucker, 
we have a special tournament dedicated to them where those 40 players will be competing in a single elimination tournament. But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Roman, aren't they playing for a unique package where they get to stay, you know, at the field of dreams itself? Is that right? Yeah. They get to live like the Kinsella's for a night. So uh, it includes an overnight stay in the farmhouse for any night of their choosing. And we're so excited about that. Um, And it's a unique way. Yeah. I mean, the corny 40, they're going to be competing head to head in an individual tournament on Saturday while uh, the general public out there and members of the ACO collectively compete in the qualifiers and finish up the qualifiers to try and face off against those same corny 40 players with the corny 40 players competing with a partner of theirs in the, in the doubles tournament. Uh, since this whole tournament is doubles for the qualifiers and then that, that final invitational on Sunday. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great package. You get complimentary tours of the house and overnight stay in the house as well. Um, so really get to immerse yourself in that. But the reason that it's so exciting as well is because cornhole players that aren't ordinarily or wouldn't ordinarily come out to the, to the field of dreams in Dyersville, they're going to be introduced to this. So not only do you have cornhole, but you've got baseball and you've got two sports there with immense history and such culture and such a strong following that, and they're so very similar. And the fact that we get to bring out, um, you know, the corn, the, the, uh, you said whole heads, is it? Or corn heads, the the whole heads, the whole, the whole heads. That's right. You get the whole heads out in the dreamers. I had to get that right. I'm like, dang it. What is <laughs> So the, the whole head's coming out to the field of dreams and they get to tour the inside of the house. Um, you know, they get to play on the field if they want and, and get best of both worlds. And the same thing goes for, for our followers out there and fans of the movie site is you can walk up and you can pay for your spot and enter that tournament right there. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of have that. And that's going to be played Frank, as you said, outside in our gravel parking lot, right on site. Uh, behind our baseballism store and that barn is going to be decked out as a center court so the barn for the dreamers out there it's the original one of the original buildings on site tracing back to the 1870s so there's a lot of history a lot of nostalgia with that building we just renovated it so we're this is our chance to really show it off and the cool thing is if you can't come out and compete in this tournament for those that do definitely share links out to watch it live on uh, stadium, which is the live streaming portal that the American cornhole organization uses for all of their majors events, all their tournaments throughout their respective season. And that'll be streamed the championship games for uh, the qualifiers and the tournament on Sunday, as well as the corny 40 championship uh, individual tournament on Saturday. That'll all be uh, streamed live on stadium. So uh, definitely tune in for that, but it's going to be a great weekend of fun. Um, And I'm just excited to get down with you guys and have you guys come out. But in terms of that, how did it, and we'll, we'll share information on how to register for the tournament and stuff uh, in a, in a minute, but how did this come about? You guys came out and met with us. We said this been a couple of years in the making, but you came out in December so turn on your Field of Dreams fan hat. What was that experience like for you guys coming out to the field for the first time and experiencing it yourself? Granted, no corn, but still, what was that like for you? 
Uh, it was an aha moment. I mean, it was uh, driving down that yeah. long driveway, just looking at the space as we were coming to it for the first time was an experience in and of itself. But but having the opportunity to to, to walk the field and to be on that field and and to, to, to stay in the house. And, and for me, it, it was a, it was magical. I mean, it really it was absolutely magical. And I tell you what, I cannot wait to be in there in August to see because we came when the when the crop was down right and it was magical i cannot imagine what i'm going to feel when i'm there and, and the fields are at full tilt i mean what 12 15 feet tall how i mean how high does corn get um and it'll be yeah, about 12 tall, feet i think yep yep so i that that roman for me i can't wait till the next stage that i get to get there uh and be there uh, at the field of dreams when the corn is in in, in full growth Absolutely. And, and you, you know, as well as we do that when we came out for the site visit, there were four of us in our party and we each stayed in different rooms in the house. And I got Karen's room just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, so, you know, and, uh, I, I, I never slept as well as I did that night, but what's fascinating to me and you re recall this, I would believe each of us, had our separate moments where we just wanted to be alone and go out and just look out over the sun rising. Uh, we saw the sunset the night we got there, but the sun rising up over the property. And, you know, I've got some great photos actually that I took of Frank that I don't even think he knew I took of him sitting, you know, out on that front porch, looking out over the field. Um, and that was his moment kind of out there. I went out later and I know this is going to sound, contrived based on, you know, Hey dad, you want to have a catch, but it's not, I stood out on the corner and you know exactly what corner I'm talking about on the house, right before you get to the swing. And I stood out there and I, and I talked to my dad who, who passed away years ago, but I said, dad, I think, I think you would be proud. I think you would be proud because he never understood what I did in radio. He never understood why I played soccer instead of all the things that he played. Um, but he always supported me. And I remember thinking to myself, I was standing there on the corner, looking out over the field, nice and cool, had a cup of coffee. And I said, dad, I think, I think this is right. I think I did it right. And right then the two bushes over my left shoulder, right there on that corner, caught the wind and blew. And then they stopped mm -hmm. and that was it. And I thought, you know, if there was ever a field of dreams moment, I just had it. And what's funny is when we were talking, and correct me if I'm wrong, Frank, every one of us had a moment like that individually that we shared on the drive home. And that is that you can't explain that to somebody until they've had it for themselves. And certainly there will be a lot of hustle and bustle and everything going on there. But there's never going to be a time when one of the hundreds or thousands of people that may come and go over the course of that weekend they don't stop and find a spot on that property to have that moment. And there's, there's, and there's no other place on the planet where you can have that moment. There, there just isn't. So it's, it was really special uh, for us to come out and have an opportunity to see it in, in that way. But we know that it will translate into that exact same level of awe for anybody that comes out and joins us. You said it. It is such a spiritual place. And for those, and I think all of us, right, have been close to someone in our lives. And a lot of 
the power of sport is that human connection, that socialization, the memories of, for me, listening to Cub games at my grandparents' house, um, playing catch with my dad in the backyard or on the street, um, and just those small little moments that you take for granted at that time. But as life goes on and the chapter, the pages turn and the chapters in your life progress, and the older you are, the more you appreciate those. And especially at a, at a place like this, that means so much. It just, it hits you like a wave because I, I think talking to you guys in full confidence, you didn't expect to feel what you felt coming out, but there's something about that place and that connection that you have with humanity and just being able to step away from everyday life and stress, not even expecting it. And just having that happen to you, there's, there's nothing like it. And that's why Tucker and I go there every day and do what we do. Cause it's, uh, it's the best place to be in the world. It's the best office in the world. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the Cubs and I think that's fascinating because what, two weeks before we get there, who, who's playing on, <laughs> on the MLB field? The Cubbies. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly it. And the Reds. And, but, but the, right. real, the real question is, the you Reds. Know, which event is bigger? That's, you know, that's the real question. It depends <laughs> on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pretend I'm Pete Rose and I'll lay two to one odds that I know the answer. <laughs> if, if we have 8,000 people here for this cornhole tournament, that's a great problem to have. We'll see, yeah. man. We'll- my goodness. We'll be in the greatest trouble of all time. We'll, we'll need like 300 courts. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll oh, be great. God. But the Reds and the Cubs being there two weeks before we are there, knowing that the Sox and the Yankees played there for the inaugural game is, is makes it even more special for us to be able to be headquartered in Cincinnati and to be able to come out there in the, in the shadow of a, a, a Reds-Cubs game. Now, there is a good chance the Reds Cubs game may not be over by the time we start our tournament based on the way the Reds are playing. <laughs> so it could be 3000 to nothing, but nevertheless, it's great to hear you talk about the Cubs knowing that we're bringing the Cincinnati. That's it. It's exactly right, man. Uh, ready to go. But in terms of that dreamers, if you're interested in registering for this tournament, you just need to go to our website, fodmoviesite.com. And there's a page for the cornhole tournament to learn all about the itinerary for the weekend and how to register. And you can do that right there on our website. So go out, learn more about the go the distance festival and enter your spot, you and your partner's spot for the doubles tournament, the go the distance festival and register for one of the four qualifiers we have two on Friday, as Frank said, and two on Saturday. And then it's no holds barn on Sunday as you fight for your right on Friday and Saturday to make it to Sunday to play against the corny 40. So, Dreamers, the question is, can you go the distance and play and make it to Sunday to play against the best in the world at the sport of cornhole? I guess we'll see. Pretty exciting stuff, guys. Thanks for joining the show. Finn, Frank, the cornhole dudes. Well, the cornhole dude. And then Finn. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's been a blast talking cornhole and baseball with you. Thanks for joining the show. We'll see you soon. Love it. Love it. Sounded uh, great. We'll uh, catch you later. Let's make sure we don't forget to tell everybody that that, uh, their spectators are uh, welcome, man. We want to welcome spectators, not just players. That's exactly it. And the cool thing is we have a VIP lounge as well. The patio of that event center is going to be 
hopping. Uh, we're going to even have a few courts up there as well. So uh, there's going to be a bar up there to, to have some adult beverages and enjoy uh, the cornhole overlooking the, the cornhole courts uh, in the gravel parking lot. But we'll also have a couple of sets up and courts set up in that patio. So it's going to be a fun weekend. And uh, yeah, all are welcome. So any visitors, that's why I was saying earlier, too, is that anyone that comes out, you're going to be pleasantly surprised that you get to watch some cornhole along with some baseball. So pretty cool stuff. Guys, Absolutely. thanks so much. All right. Well, for, for to work with a place where one of the key lines is, hey, you want to have a catch? We're thrilled to bring the phrase, you want to have a pitch. I love it. I love it. Let's do it, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Take care, guys. Cheers. Dreamers, that was a great interview with Frank and Mike from the American Cornhole Organization, and we – are ecstatic to have this one-of-a-kind event at a one-of-a-kind venue. Tucker, are you excited, man? Yeah, really, you know, Roman, beyond excited, I think, for this. This just adds to the August that we have ahead. Uh, We also have my birthday in August. That might be the most important date. But nonetheless, guys, cornhole at the Field of Dreams for several days in the, the heat of the summer in a a figurative and literal sense. Um, Guys, it's going to be something you don't want to miss. As they touched on, even if you're not participating, please come out, join the festivities, be a spectator, see some of the best cornhole in the world at the Field of Dreams movie site. I think this is is also unique. This could be like a Guinness record, you know, in the sense that it's the first cornhole tournament ever held at the Field of Dreams movie site. So that's also kind of a historic thing that you're going to want to be there to to witness. And also, if you're a cornhole fan, guys, like, what are you doing? You got to be at the field during this. You you 100% got to be at the field during this and either be playing in it or enjoying it. Um, We are going to be enjoying it. I can tell you that right now. Um, we are, we've, we've gained even more education on cornhole working with these gentlemen, and we will have a greater education, uh, after this tournament is done. One, the most important thing is all the content. We're going to be running around so excited because there's just so much that you can do with it. Uh, especially with a bags tournament, sorry, cornhole tournament. You said it during the interview. It is bags or cornhole. (laughs) It is an Iowa thing. So sorry, Frank and Mike, if you're listening back to this, it's cornhole. Um, but have to have that in, there's plenty of great things that we can do uh, collaboratively on that uh, content-wise. So we're excited. But seventh inning stretch time. All right, this is a new segment. So for Dream Nation that has been following us for years, we've not done this until we just went on to the podcast forum here uh, several weeks ago. But Tucker... Last time, you had thrown some some curveball questions my way, and, sir, it is my turn. So, Roman's got his new phone, guys. He's looking at a, a high-def screen here. He's pulling up a question for me. I stumped him last time. It was pretty ruthless in it. Not too bad. I was close, all right? So, he asked me who was the tallest pitcher, and then you go ahead with your second. It was the shortest. Yeah, the short, the shortest we player. talked about, the shortest player, if you guys didn't listen to the last one, um, was a player in the 1940s or 50s, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, he was a child. He was a child, quite literally a child, um, who 
was there to, to achieve a, yeah to to achieve a record um, was not really a you know technically a, a real professional baseball player so it was a trick question kind of got it was a horrible question kind of got Roman on that one uh, there's a infielder for the Astros that is pretty close in height to this individual so he really takes the cake I think in that one um, you know the guess for the tallest pitcher I think Randy Johnson was up there. Uh, as one of the the answers for the tallest pitcher, um, tallest active baseball player, the guy that was the tallest active player was a pitcher, and I don't think either of us were really familiar with him. So it was I wasn't said Randy Johnson. I Ro- was close. Roman said Randy Johnson, which was the logical answer because that guy that guy rocks. He was the second tallest. Yep. Yep. All right. So Tucker, here we go. In light of what had happened last weekend with the Cubs trouncing the Pirates 21-0. What is the most points scored in a single game by one team? One okay, team. okay, so one Not team. Not collective right. score, but one team's individual score for one game. What's the highest record? Now, this is a two-point. There's a – this is like prehistoric times of all time, going tracing back to the 1800s. But modern day baseball. So I'll just say modern day baseball. Are we talking 2010 on, 1990 on? Like since the World Series. When did the World Series start? Well, that's a good question. All right, all right. So um, <laughs> I'm going to say the most 1900s. runs. The most runs scored probably took place in the 1930s or 1940s. I would say. I bet it was would be old era baseball. Um, and I'm going to say the runs was probably. 43. Incorrect. Is it higher? No. So y- you were you were semi you were in the stratosphere 30s? there. All right. So um it is 36 and that was set by your Chicago Cubs uh who played the Louisville Colonels uh Colonels, excuse me. Goodness. Um, what date was that? June 29th of 1897. Holy smokes. Yeah, All right. so that's why I said this is right. kind of a yeah. two-part yeah. question, right? So that's early, early baseball. Prehistoric, as Roman yes. said. Modern-day baseball is 30, and that was set by the Texas Rangers. What year? 2007 ah. against the Baltimore Orioles. Ah, well, so your you your Cubs were not too far off of that. They weren't. They were on pace, man. They were they were getting up there. But man, the Cubs fell short, didn't they? Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, they they set the all time record with thirty six. In, so. in other news, uh, Walker Bueller pitched the uh, the first complete game of this year and his uh, his first shutout. So there's your Dodgers news. Yeah. Okay. Get out of here with your Dodgers news. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I think just like the the movie site and the nature of the site. On the podcast, if you're a baseball fan, you're welcome. Regardless of your fandom, and we love to give each other crap, but that's only because we love the game and talking baseball. So. Yes, we even like Astros fans. Yeah, and right now the Yankees fans with their scandal going Holy on. Holy smokes. Oh, man. Crazy. All right, and that's a story for a different day. But in terms of pitching now, so we're changing tracks. This is the second question in the seventh inning stretch. Tucker. Who was the last pitcher in Major League Baseball history to earn 30 wins in a regular season? And I am proud to say that I knew this one. 
and I've met this individual at Cooperstown. Oh. How recent was this? Not. How old is the player now? It was 68 that season. And I believe it will never happen again. Mm. I would say Sandy Koufax, but I don't I don't think you've met Sandy Koufax. I think I would know that. Now that's why this story I would lived. definitely be bragging to you. Yes. So I, that's I, not I, a bad that's not a bad guess. I would say Koufax um and then I'd follow it up with Nolan Ryan. Um I would feel pretty good about saying Nolan Ryan probably, but I think my timeline's a little bit off. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. That's okay. All right, so in terms of pitchers who have earned 30 game, thirty wins in a regular season, you're not – you weren't off. So the the trick to this question is who was the last to do it. All right, I was kind of brutal on that question. Who is it? Denny McLean. Who the heck is Denny McLean? Exactly. Yeah, however, he was both the last you two. You met Denny McLean? Yeah, oh, weird. in okay. Cooperstown. Um, tried getting him out to the field. So, Denny, if you're listening, come out to the field. But uh, 30 wins in a single season in 1968, and he was also the last pitcher to earn 25 wins in a single season. So, in terms of how many pitchers, um, there have been many pitchers that have earned 30 wins, but none since that 1968 season when Denny McLean did it. Um, since 1917, however, so again, like modern era baseball, right? Since 1917, only five pitchers have won 30 games in a regular season. Jim McCormick, Charles Radburn, Will White, Jimmy Whitney are among those pitchers, and they had quite a few. The most ever uh, wins in a regular season were, I'm looking that up right now, but Denny McLean is a nice guy, and, you know, with him, he was a Detroit Tiger. And he was traded by the White Sox. So it was a little bit of revenge for him to be able to, to stick it to them several times throughout the season, being division rivals um, and doing that. But Charles Radburn, who I'd mentioned, holds the record for the most wins in a single season of 60. <laughs> And that was 1884. So, again... I don't think they were having accurate pitch counts. <laughs> That's exactly... They, they weren't yeah. pulling him at 70 pitches. Really? Oh, come on. So, I think um, that was a good seventh inning stretch. Hopefully you learned something. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. All right. What else do we have to talk about in this, this closing segment? The When can you listen to the next episode of the Bring It Home Show? Well, first off, uh, you can listen a week from today... Uh, which will be the 6th of May. Next Friday, we're going to be on, coming back at you. Um, and we are very close to announcing a special guest, the return of a very special guest to the Bring It at Home show. And the other exciting news is that we are back, if you haven't seen the, the first two episodes of the season, for season two of the television version of the Bring It at Home show on Mediacom's exclusive channel, MC22. But we also post these on our YouTube channel for those that are not Mediacom subscribers. So 
This past episode just actually aired earlier this week on Tuesday. It airs live on, or it airs the final Tuesday evening of every month and re-airs on MC22 on Saturday mornings at 11. So definitely catch it. Uh, It's re-airing tomorrow morning for Mediacom subscribers, so catch it on MC22. But you can catch it on our YouTube channel. Regardless, pretty cool special guest that we had, uh, two coaches, the head coach for the Loris College Dewhawks since 1996, Carl Tebon, as well as Dan Spain, the head coach for the Clark University Pride in his 11th season. And he just earned, hot off the heels of his 300th win uh, with Clark, and Carl Tebon uh, has earned over 500 wins with the Loris College Dewhawks. So two very successful coaches in their own right with long tenures with their respective schools and programs. And uh, it was a great conversation with those guys, really getting an inside look in terms of what it takes to build a winning program. Um, And I definitely got a lot out of that. So, Dreamers, we'll see you next week. And Tucker, as always, keep dreaming, guys.